Welcome to Calvary Christian Church's podcast. We're located on the North Shore of Boston and are committed to being a balanced ministry with a personal touch. Each week, one of our pastors will deliver biblical encouragement and practical application tips for everyday faith living. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy the message. may be seated. Again, welcome everyone. So good to have you with us. First time visitors, great to have you here. Would love to have you stop by our welcome center uh, after the service today so that I might have a chance uh, to meet you and welcome you in person. Likewise, to those of you joining us online, if this is your first time, please be sure to connect with us through the appropriate links there so that we can connect with you. And for all of you in church on Memorial Day weekend, you know there's double points for going to church on, on you know, that you say, well, what scripture is that in the Bible? I don't know. I made it up, but it sounds good <laughs> to us pastors who are told, you know, pastor, I won't be there this weekend. And look at all you people who showed up. Actually, somebody showed up. And so praise God. We understand people are away and, and uh, a lot of text messages this week. Pastor, pray for us. We're going to be away with family and and uh, pray that we can be a good witness for Christ and so forth and so on. Uh, again, we want to extend our love, our thoughts, our prayers uh, to those of you who had to say goodbye to loved ones over the course of the last 12 months. And not just these that we have recognized as a part of our church family, but of course, I'm not really exaggerating when I tell you that just about every week somebody passes as far as extended family uh, of, of this church congregation. So, we just acknowledge those who are actually a part of this church family, but many of you have lost family members uh, not associated or connected to our church. And to all of you, uh, we just pray that the peace of God will be your strength and comfort. We pray that you know that you have a church family here that continues to be available to walk through uh, this valley of the shadow of death, as David calls it in Psalm 23. And again, I just want to extend a reminder to you of the extraordinary value of going through the Grief Share course, which is offered here by Pastor Vinny and Suzanne Aiken uh, twice a year, every spring and every fall. And I would encourage you to touch base with them even now about the fall schedule so that you can put it on your calendar and plan to participate in it. It will assist you enormously in the grief process and the healing that comes with it, which kind of leads into our focus and my brief comments for the next few minutes here today. This is, of course, Memorial Day weekend. And as we remember those who have given their lives for our country, as well as the cherished loved ones of this church family, I want to suggest just a couple of other things for us to remember, not just today or this weekend, but every day of our lives. And I want to use Psalm 135, verse 13. As our springboard text today, here's what we read there. Thy name, O Lord, endureth forever, <clears throat> and thy memorial. Psalm 135, verse 13. Thy name, O Lord, endureth forever, and thy memorial, O Lord, throughout all generations. Would you bow your heads and hearts with me for a word of prayer? Father God, thank you for these awesome moments we have to gather again this week around your eternal and almighty word. Holy Spirit, come, teach us what no man can teach us. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see, hands and feet and mouths to respond in faith and obedience 
to that which you would teach us during these moments together. Hide your servant behind the cross and may Jesus Christ be high and lifted up, we pray in his matchless name, in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen Amen. and amen. Three things to remember this Memorial Day weekend. Number one, remember that we have a fixed amount of time here. We have a fixed amount of time here. All of us have one appointment in this life that cannot be avoided. I know we delay making an appointment to see the doctor or dentist. I I know that sometimes we miss appointments either uh, by accident or on purpose. And I know that there are some people who are notoriously late for all of their appointments, so much so that some will say of them, they will be late for their own funeral. But the truth of the matter is, there's one appointment that you cannot alter or avoid Regardless of how many fountain of youth formulas are provided in the marketplace, you cannot avoid your appointment with death. <clears throat> Some people say, Pastor I Memorial Day weekend is too heavy. You make it too heavy because you talk about death every year. Well, we actually probably talk about it more than that, but at least once a year, we ought to bring it to everybody's attention and remind you about this appointment that's coming. You know, we, uh, in fact, we're making plans to host a seminar on, on planning and preparing for a funeral because a lot of times uh, people don't make the preparations that they should make and they're kind of caught off guard at the last minute. But we're talking about preparation for another appointment and you don't want to be caught off guard. And, and, and de- thank you for those three amens. And, and, and listen, listen, as much as we enjoy life and we should enjoy life, death is a part of life. And it's something that's a very real part of all of our lives, as we've been reminded of today and this week. Hebrews 9.27 reminds us of the same thing. For we read there, and just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes the judgment. Notice that death is an appointment. Every one of us has an appointment with death. But even though we know that and we understand it intellectually, the reality is None of us think that appointment is today. None of us think it's today. And probably none of us think it's even this year. And yet we have remembered 21 loved ones today. 21 who were here with us just 12 months ago. 21 loved ones who probably did not anticipate being memorialized today. Just this week we received news of a family who used to worship with us Uh, their 29-year-old son killed uh, unexpectedly, of course, in a car accident this week. Death was not anticipated for someone 29 years of age, and yet the appointment has come. Then, of course, we've remembered the fallen soldiers who've died to protect us and provide the liberties that we enjoy here in America. And we might be inclined to believe that, well, Of course, those serving in the military are at greater risk of dying earlier or what we might call prematurely. So they should live ready to die. But the reality is that our appointment with death has little to do with our vocation or where we live or what we do. As we hear all the time of soldiers surviving combat overseas only to die in what seems like some kind of freak or untimely accident once they return home. You see, our lives and our destiny are secured in the hands of an almighty, all-knowing, and all-caring God. Psalm 31, 14 and 15 put it like this. But I trust in you, O Lord. 
I say you are my God. Look at verse 15. My times are in your hand. In other words, only God who knows the end from the beginning knows the precise time for our appointment with death. So in light of that truth, the apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians 5, 15 and 16, he writes, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Only God knows how many days, how many hours we have in this temporary life on this temporary planet. So the Bible tells us to be careful, to be wise, and to make the most of every opportunity. Or put another way, to redeem the time. Or the phrase most of us have heard before, carpe diem, meaning seize the day. How many feel like more times than not the day seizes you rather than you seizing the day? But the point that Paul is making and the point we need to remember this Memorial Day is that life, in fact, is short. We have a fixed amount of time here. James 4.14 calls it a vapor. It's a mist. It's here for a second and then it's gone. Then it's gone. And we need to live every day with the purposes of God for our lives in mind. So let's not waste time. We don't have a single day to waste. Let's follow the counsel of Moses who prayed in Psalm 90 verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Or as the poet wrote regarding the essence of life, a poem I have posted in my study I counted dollars while God counted crosses. I counted gains while he counted losses. I counted my worth by things gained in store. He sized me up by the scars that I bore. I counted honors and sought degrees. He counted the hours I spent on my knees. I never knew until one day by the grave how vain are the things in life we try to save. First thing we need to remember this Memorial Day is that we have a fixed amount of time here on earth. So we need to live each day wisely and for the honor of God. Amen. Second thing we need to remember is the importance of family. Remember the importance of family this Memorial Day. Tomorrow's holiday is a day set aside for us, of course, to remember what we have in this country. First, as a family of Americans and those who died to provide us with the freedoms and liberties we enjoy. But then for many of us, tomorrow will also be a day and time to spend with our natural families, our birth or blood or adopted families. Of course, that will not be the case for the families of 19 children and two school teachers in Uvalde, Texas. Memorial Day for them tomorrow and for the rest of their lives will never be the same again. And our hearts ache for them, even as we pray for them and ask the Holy Spirit to comfort them like no one else can. But it should not take something horrible like that to motivate us to hold our loved ones a little tighter today and to tell them how much we love them every single day. Amen. Tell them you love them. Show them you love them. For some of you, family gatherings, I know, can be less than a positive, healthy, or enjoyable time. For some of you, the word family has more of a negative connotation. 
than a positive one. If you were to describe your family, you would use words like broken or dysfunctional. But the Lord wanted me to remind somebody today that our God is big enough to work in and through broken and dysfunctional families. One of the classic examples we often refer to is that of the family of Joseph as recorded in Genesis 37, 50. I think our uh, blended family guest speaker back in November of last year referenced what it was like uh, being Joseph and growing up in his family. Goes like this: Your family, your father has been married four times. His ex-wives are still around and obviously hate each other. Two of your father's wives are sisters and constantly engaged in competitive childbearing. You've had to move at least five times in your life. Your grandfather on your mother's side is the slimiest salesman you've ever met. Your uncle almost murdered your dad out of revenge long ago. Your many siblings are split into opposing factions. One of your sisters was recently raped. Two of your brothers went on a killing spree. One of your brothers slept with one of your father's wives and your mom died giving birth to your little brother. And oh yes, one more thing. Daddy loves you best and the others know it and hate you for it. Welcome to Joseph's family. They had issues. <laughs> Enough to keep a boatload of counselors busy. And Joseph was not alone. I would remind you that the brothers and sisters of Jesus had some real misgivings about him as well. But by the time we get to the end of Joseph's story, we see that Joseph came to understand that God had not placed his family in his life for him, for they had treated him quite poorly, but God had placed Joseph in their lives in that family so that God could use Joseph to save them. So remember this Memorial Day, the importance of doing your very best to maintain relationships within your family, especially if they have treated you badly or especially if they are unbelievers. And hold on to the possibilities of household salvation as seen in the life of the Philippian jailer in Acts 16, 31. Dare to believe that God has placed you there in your family to be his means, his instrument of reaching out to them with his unconditional love and amazing grace. And in the meantime, as you deal with the struggle and challenge of waiting for household salvation, Remember and treasure the value and importance of being a part of another family. It's called the family of God. John 1.12 says of Jesus, but to all who did receive him, that is Jesus, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. In other words, when we recognize that we have sinned against God and our fellow man and that Jesus Christ was the perfect one, God's only son, sacrificed on the cross of Calvary for our sins. When we accept his sacrifice for our sins and receive him as our personal Lord and Savior, we become a part of the family of God with new brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters that become a part of one family that has been bonded together and united, not through natural or human blood, but through the supernatural blood of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And I'm here to tell you, it's a great, big, wonderful family. Oh, that's not enough. I'm going to say it again. It's a great, big, wonderful family. Amen. Thank God for my Calvary Christian Church family that I spend time with every week working together for Jesus, fellowshipping together, praying together. We are so blessed to have the kind of church family that we have here 
at Calvary Christian Church. Uh, I, you may have mentioned it, I don't know, Pastor Clark, but Pastor Daniel, who was facilitating the first service, when he's talking about uh, uh, scholarships to send kids and youth to, to youth camp, he was a recipient of a scholarship to go to youth camp years ago, years ago, 10, 12 years ago. And now he's our youth pastor. Isn't God good? And isn't the family of God good? What a privilege. People who are new to, new to Calvary often come up to me and say, Pastor Tim, this Calvary is wonderful. The people are so warm and friendly and wonderful. And of course, I usually say, well, you haven't met everybody yet. But uh, <laughs> the difference with this family, though, is the understanding that the thing that made us a family, the blood of Christ, is the same thing that can heal us from our brokenness and dysfunction so that we, too, can begin to enjoy the blessings of family. So this Memorial Day, let's follow. Let's follow the exhortation of the Apostle Paul in Galatians 6.10 where he writes, So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Which brings us to the last important thing I'd like us to remember this Memorial Day as the musicians come. Remember the importance of faith. On weekends like this, we think about life and death. We think about priorities and what's most important in our lives, and that inevitably brings us back to the subject and the importance of faith. And there's something we do regularly, usually about once a month here at Calvary, that gives testimony to our faith. And what we do is describe for us in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 11, that we were referred to this morning, it's referred to as a memorial. A memorial. I'm speaking, of course, about Holy Communion, that time when we partake of the bread and the cup, which we did today. The bread representing the body of Christ that was broken for us. And the cup representing the blood of Jesus Christ, perfect blood, God's blood that was poured out as a sacrifice for our sins and to declare or to demonstrate by our partaking of communion, that our faith is in fact in Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross of Calvary. But Paul in 1 Corinthians 11 admonishes us to examine our hearts before partaking of communion. To be sure we're in right relationship, not only with, with the Lord, but in right relationship with one another, our brothers and sisters in Christ. For not everyone seated at the Lord's table, listen, not everyone seated at the Lord's table is a true believer. And even those who are true believers have to acknowledge their failures and need for Christ's forgiveness. Listen to Matthew 26, 20 and 21. When it was evening, he, that is Jesus, reclined at table with the 12. And as they were eating, he said, truly I say to you, one of you will betray me. Jesus here, of course, is he's talking about Judas. But there's going to be three kinds of people at that table on that final night together. And every time I, I come to this, I, I just I'm prompted to ask certain questions of myself. First, when we look at the life of Judas, the question that comes is this: Have I betrayed Christ? Judas betrays Christ. Have I betrayed Christ in any way this week, in my speech, in my conduct, in my thoughts or attitudes. 
Then listen to Matthew 26, 31. Jesus said to them, you will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. And of course, Peter's adamant that he will not fall away. And as we know, Jesus predicts, uh, accurately predicts that Peter will deny him three times that night, which he does. Peter denies Christ, which again, prompts the question for me today. Have I denied Christ in any way this week? In my speech, in my conduct? in my thoughts or attitudes. Judas betrays Jesus. Peter denies him. And we're pretty quick to jump on those guys. But hey, don't forget, Jesus says, all the rest of you will desert me. And they do. So again, I ask myself the question today, is there any way in which I have deserted Christ? Gone my own way. Done my own thing. Loved ones, here's the thing that's so amazing and so hard for me to wrap my head around in this story. Jesus spent his last night with those closest to him, the 12 men into whom he had poured his heart and life for more than three years. And in the end, on that very same night, one will betray him, one will deny him, and all of them will desert him. And yet all of them are given an invitation to the table. And yet... Jesus will go to the cross for them, even in their failures, just as Jesus went to the cross for us, even with all of our failures. Such a profound truth. Such an act of infinite love is worthy of our reflection and remembrance today and throughout this Memorial Day weekend. Would you bow your heads and hearts with me for a word of closing prayer? Father God, we thank you for the sacrifices of the men and women who died to make us free. Their sacrifice should demand of us as Americans a commitment to live out those ideals of freedom and liberty and justice for one and for all. And in the same way, Lord, in fact, even more so, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, our Lord, on the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago should demand of us as Christians a commitment to live out our lives in service to him, his principles, his priorities, and his kingdom purposes. And so, Lord, as we come to the end of this service today, we pause with plenty of time, ample time to reflect, to ponder, to consider all that you have done for us and Lord, all that we would desire to do for you. Lord, with hearts filled with gratitude, love, appreciation. All that our lives would bring glory and honor to your name. And yet, Lord, we acknowledge how much we need you today. As we close this service today and our, our heads and hearts are bowed before the Lord, maybe you're here today and if you're honest, you'll, you'll have to admit, I'm a, I'm a hurting soul right now. And I don't know what might be the source of your hurt or your pain, your anguish. Whatever it is, I want you to know that Jesus is the answer. He's the one who can heal your hurts today. For others, there may be some here today who you just feel, you feel helpless. I promise you, Jesus will be your helper. 
Jesus will be your helper if you'll come to him and ask him for help. Finally, there are some here feeling feeling hopeless. You've just given up hope. You've tried everything and you just, you just don't really feel like there's any other answer than to check out of this world. I was reminded this week that 20 U.S. veterans take their own lives every single day. Somehow having come to the end of hope, somehow choosing a, a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Oh God, help us. Help us to find our hope in you today. Hope has a name. His name is Jesus. Those of you watching online today, I just invite you again to ponder each of these things with us. And as you have a need for prayer, to connect with us through the appropriate links. Those of you who are here present, we have altar workers here to pray with you today. I'm going to close a little differently, not asking for a raise of hands, but just extending the opportunity for us to just take some extra time today to worship in song, to pray, to ponder, maybe to kneel in your pew, but especially those you know, you know you need prayer today. Maybe you'd like to give your heart and life to Jesus. You're not even sure how to do that. There are folks at this altar ready to pray with you and help you take that next step of faith. But whatever your need for healing, for hope, for help, whatever your need, don't leave here without asking and seeking that help through prayer today. Let me invite you to stand with us. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Let's worship. Thanks for joining us this week on Calvary's podcast. Be sure to visit our website, calvarychristian.church, to stay up to date with events, sermons, and ways you and your family can get connected within our community. We hope to see you in person or online at one of our weekend services. Once again, thanks for listening in today, and we look forward to having you join us next time.